Dan, what the heck? It's the end of June, the beginning of July, and it feels like a furnace outside. It is miserable. Yes, it feels like the dog days of August are already here. The heat. I can't stand the heat. I know. I live in Ohio. You live in Wisconsin. <laughs> and what the heck? It is it is unhealthy hot outside. Unbearable. Yeah, it's crazy. I I don't know. Like I say it's just it seems like every day just gets warmer and warmer and warmer. Yeah, I have said a number of times my biggest blind spot and that I am what I'm most embarrassed of about starting a firewood business is the weather. And you know, when you complain about how cold it gets in the wintertime or how deep the snow is, I and the mud. To me, the two things that really shut me down is mud and heat. Yeah. You, you, you can't escape the heat like you can the cold. And and I think the heat is the main one that's always overlooked. Everyone's always wor worried about, you know, how am I going to get work done if it's raining, if it's snowing, if it's muddy out. But the heat, oh, my goodness. It's, it's the one thing that I'm very – I'm noticing – with my VersaTube shelter, yeah, it is providing that cover, the shade, and it is great working in it underneath it. <laughs> Does it? So it's not like radiating heat down onto you while you're under it. No, not at all. What color is the? What color is the the roof? The roof is a charcoal gray. Isn't it like if it was black? it would absorb heat and radiate it down underneath it. Or if it was like lighter or white, it would reflect the heat. Is that how that works? Um, possibly. I don't know. Being that it's 12 feet up in the air, I'm not sure with the sides being open that you would actually ever really feel that heat coming down. Uh -huh. But it's, it's like I can step out of the shadow of the shelter into the direct sun and just step back in and notice a considerable change in temperature. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That really works. I have one of those, you know, those canopies that you put up at, you know, that you can put up and take them down. Yep. And okay, it's canvas, but you can still see sunlight coming through it. And yes, you can feel a difference while you're under it, but you can also still feel heat coming, coming through. Yeah. So you're not, you're not totally escaping the sun. Exactly. But and I think that maybe is, that's, yeah, I think that's where the height comes in. Like if that thing was higher in the air, casting a bigger shadow, uh -huh. you might not feel right. that. Well, that's good to know. I was curious to see how that works. Because I don't know about the, did they talk to you about the color of your roof? About, not just for aesthetics, but for a functional roof. Would like the color of it play a role with that? Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually have any conversations on that and I never gave it much thought and looking back now I'm not even sure why I have a, another outbuilding that's charcoal gray but you never see this like the color of you like it's 12 feet up in there you would never see the uh -huh. only people seeing it are going to be those on Google Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can't see you underneath it taking a nap. Right. Exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good to hear. So that um, that would definitely make things nice for you in the heat, and then obviously staying out of the snow, keeping your machines 
out of the sun, you know, which can fade the paint and all the wool, all the rain and ice and snow that can get onto them. Yeah. The, the, I mean, when I think of weather, like rain and snow, it's for me, it's more or less having my equipment covered. It's not so much that I'm going to be out there. I mean, if it's thunderstorms or if it's a snowstorm blizzard, I'm not going to be out working in my wood yard. Yeah, I agree. But just being out of the sun and having like that shade, especially now, I mean, during the summer, working out there in the heat, it's been a huge advantage. Just tremendous. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I need to get something like that. Um, that's another unknown. When I moved to my new wood yard, it is hotter over there than it is where I've come from because I used to work in grass and, and wood chips, you know, and over there it's gravel and that ground gets hot and absorbs a lot of heat and it, and there's, there's no escaping it over there. Yeah. I, I can't imagine walking. I mean, I, like I said, I can notice a difference, you know, just being out in the sun and then to your point, like if you're on rock or pavement, oh, right. Whew, burning up but it's still my practice and i don't even see that changing with or without a roof i work in the mornings i take my siesta in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm back out in the evenings that's just the way i have to do it and then winter time when the days are so short you just have a real compressed day you know right yeah i'm not going to work in the dark either well that that's the challenge now is with the days the daylight getting shorter you know, when you used to hold off till the evening or afternoon, get any work done, now it's, you're running out of time. Yeah. But what about the heat? And then you see what the heat was in the south and Texas and Arizona, New Mexico. Oh, my oh. gosh. I don't know how they do it. And it's not healthy. It's not like you're freezing to death, you know, and your bones hurt. I mean, this can kill you. I just saw in Europe, they said last year's heat wave killed over 60,000 people. Good heavens. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Europe uses air conditioning like we do over here in the States. So <laughs> whoever, invented, whoever invented air conditioning is my best friend. How did we live without air conditioning? I don't know. Uh, I don't either. Although I've only had mine on a couple days this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Ours is on all constantly. And that's what we live in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> but I was sweating. I was sweating bullets this weekend and not just because of the heat, but because I was working on my, my truck. Uh-oh. Yeah, delivery was, truck? Oh, gosh. Stress. <laughs> I, <laughs> when I, if you are into your vehicles or if you've been around, you've, might have heard the problems that Ford trucks have with their spark plugs. And I grew up around cars. I was a motorhead. I worked through college as a mechanic. I've changed thousands of spark plugs, but I've never changed them on an engine where you run the risk of destroying your engine <laughs> that I, that I do changing spark plugs on a Ford truck. Oh my gosh. Uh, I do not eat. And I don't even have the infamous, engine the ford the 5.4 which is like their most popular engine in all the f-150s all their ford trucks they had problems with their spark plugs some of them would shoot out of the engine when they're driving down the road and in the others when you're taking them out they snap off and they're uh -huh. stuck they're stuck in the head well 
the the spark plugs man they're way down inside the engine you got to use an extension just to get the the socket onto them and my engine is not the bad one but it is still out of the same generation of these type of engines <laughs> and you always run the risk <laughs> oh wow i remember my friend frank he had his hand smashed at work between two coils of steel and he said that he couldn't feel his hand and he had to take his glove off and he was scared to death to take off his glove because he didn't know what was going to be in there when he did it Ooh. and that Ooh. was the same feeling i had when i would get the spark plug to finally come out of the threads and i pull <laughs> it up out of the engine and i'm just scared to death to see what's on the end of that socket <laughs> If there's a spark plug without a tip on the end of it, or if the whole spark plug came out and I did it one time, my heart was in my throat. And then I thought, Oh, I got to do this eight more times. Yeah. That sounds like fun. <laughs> oh, it was not fun. I, um, I had to get a fan cause it was hot out too. I was in the garage, but then just the stress, I, this was stressful. Because if one of these snap off, like I know a guy, he has a, he has a shop that they work on um, a lot of these delivery vans. And so he has a lot of the Ford engines. He will not do tune-ups on them because of this. Really? And, and there was a time too, where the Ford garage to have a tune-up done on your 5.4, you had to sign a agreement up to a $1,000 um, to get your broken spark plugs removed from the engine. Geez. Well, I was, I was just going to say, instead of having to deal with all the stress, just take it in and have it done. But if, but I, it sounds like that's not even sometimes an option. Well, so they've gotten better at it. Like I went and bought my plugs. So some of the other things I've heard too, with like motorcraft parts, there's a lot of counterfeits out there. So I thought, you know, it was only $20 more for an entire set. I went ahead and bought my plugs at the Ford dealer. Uh and there is a mechanic in there and it's like you know how i say if i meet a roofer or the infamous electrician i just start shooting the breeze with them so the mechanic was in there and i was telling him what i was doing he's laughing at me and i was telling him how worried i am about destroying my engine changing a spark plug <laughs> and he says bud he says i've done thousands of these i used to break them off all the time he says but i'm telling you right now he says drive your truck get it really really hot pull it into the garage, put a three eighths impact gun on your spark plug and just run it out. He said, yeah. <laughs> I said, are you crazy? He says, no, he says, I'm serious. He goes, you start pulling those out. That's where people hear them squeal and then they'll screw them back in. They screw them back out. He says, that's when they snap off. He says, I just put an impact, an air gun on it and just zip them out. He says, I don't have them break anymore. I was like, well, you're crazy because I'd never do that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you didn't know. do that? You, I didn't have the nerve. Are you crazy? No. I was just, he's, <laughs> he's telling me to do it. And I was like, you know, saying the guy that doesn't own the truck. But <laughs> yeah, it was nervous. And those things were squealing. Every quarter turn, you'd turn it, you'd hear the spark plug down inside the engine squealing. Oh, my gosh. You should, you should have had, you should have said, let me give me an example. Just do one for me. Let me see you just do one. And then be like, oh wait, I didn't quite see it. Just do one more. Can you do one more? Yeah, do it, do it seven more times, pal. <laughs> yeah. So my truck hasn't been running that good. And it kind of has a rough idle. And I've let this go for a while. And 
I was at the point of no return. I either had to do it or get rid of the truck and make it someone else's problem. And I watched, if you ever want to see, I watched a guy on YouTube, he snapped them off and he had to, they make a special tool now to re, to remove your spark plugs from your Ford truck. Crazy. And I watched him do that. And I, my heart was racing in my chest <laughs> and it wasn't even my truck. I was just watching it. How stressful it is because when you're extracting it, the broken part, you run the risk of it just popping down inside the cylinder and now you're screwed. You got to uh -oh. remove the whole head. You got to tear the whole engine apart. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just stressful. But at the end of the day, I got them all uh, replaced and uh, the truck runs great. Nice. Well, good job. Yeah. Well, I, I changed about six shirts. <laughs> I'm serious. I was dehydrated by the time I was done from replacing eight spark plugs. And then these plugs are like $9 each. And, you know, I remember changing plugs. They, they were always 99 cents. And you drop one, you go, oh, that's okay. I'll just go buy another one. 99 cents. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now you got $9 spark plugs. So, so did you do at least the tip where you got the engine warmed up nice and hot and, or did you? Yes, or, yeah, you're supposed to do that. And my problem too were these coils. So in the old days, you would have one coil that fired all eight spark plugs. So now at least these Fords, they have one coil per spark plug. So they sit right on top of the spark plug. So it has this little skinny eight millimeter bolt that goes through the plastic coil and screws into the plastic intake. And wouldn't you know, all of my screws were all rusted and hardly none of them would come out either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I took uh, a number of them out with vice grips because the heads were just deteriorated. You couldn't even get a socket put on them. Jeez. Just crazy. That's weird. I don't know. And then my other truck, it's got the different engine in it. I'm serious. It was probably the easiest spark plugs I've ever changed in my life. <laughs> All the coils just come right out. All the spark plugs just came right out. Easy. Oh, my, this my. One here. Yeah. Well, it's just scary. I have said this before. I think the most important piece of my firewood operation is my truck. Yeah. 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 How else every other deliver? every other thing that I have that I could lose or the Martians take, I have a plan. I got redundancy. But man, if my truck breaks down, I'm I'm sunk. I'm out of business. Yeah, you would be. Uh, the Mahoney Valley would not be receiving the uh, number one firewood. All the flags service. would be at half staff in the Mahoney Valley because <laughs> no one uh, no one could get their firewood fix. Life would come <laughs> to a screeching halt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You don't work on your own vehicles, do you? I do not. And from what you've just told me, I'm not going to start doing it anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the truck. What engine does your truck have, do you know? I believe it has the 5.4. <laughs> yeah, that is it. Yes. <laughs> so here's my recommendation to you. If it starts making some grinding and slapping noises when it's running, just turn up the radio. <laughs> I already do that. <laughs> Put in Just my turn up box. the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your plan should be to trade it in on another one. That's yeah. The, the nice thing is I don't drive it a lot, so it doesn't have a lot of hard miles on it, but 
Yeah, that's always my concern because I know, I think you've mentioned this before and I've heard it somewhere else about those engines. And so I've, I'm kind of always, you know, worried <laughs> someday. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm serious. If any of you, if anyone out there is listening, even if you're not into cars, get on the YouTube and just type in 5.4 spark plug and then just sit back and enjoy the show, man. There's all kinds of people, just normal people that tried to just simply change their spark plugs and watch them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just, I mean, it's, it's sad to watch someone suffer through this, but it's also, you know, you can learn a lot by watching other people. (laughs) (laughs) So I wonder, I wonder what that would be then if, if like you go to, if I take this back to my, Ford dealer or local garage to have it, the spark plugs changed. I wonder if I'm going to run into waivers and release forms and deposits or. Well, from talking to the mechanic, you know, cause this engine has been on the road now for a really long time and they did do some redesigning, but it, that, that all depends on which year your truck is, but it sounds like the mechanics, you know how it is. You do something and you mess something up once and you just start changing the way you do it, you adjust, and now you get pretty good at it. It sounds like the the Ford mechanics now know how to avoid trouble. So probably these waivers might have changed, but it might be worth looking into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I ever run if I ever come across that that time and oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. I, I mean I but I but I did enjoy the the visual I had in my mind of you sweating. I was over, sweating under the hood. Yeah, <laughs> looking looking down. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what. If if you watch my channel long enough, you know you, there, there's never any cussing on it. But that's because I never videotape myself <laughs> changing the spark plugs on my truck. Oh my gosh! That, and then you know, working on trucks is a little harder too. You got to stand on a block because they're higher up off the ground. You know, yep. and a lot of a lot of people just climb right into the engine compartment and just work like that. Uh, but I have like this big chunk of wood that I've saved, and I use that. That's my that's my Ford block. <laughs> <laughs> and you did this yeah. all while it was while the heat was on as well. So you were like double whammy. You were getting the heat from the yeah, and it was just hot out. You know, yeah. just humid. And even though you're in the garage, and that's what I went and got me a fan and set it up on a table and just had it blowing right on me the whole time but it didn't have you are you like that though where it could be 30 degrees outside and you're just like i don't know just doing some menial task and man you just break into a sweat yes. it doesn't even have to be where you're just really you know putting a lot of effort into it just you know just like cutting chopping vegetables or something you know <laughs> It's just yep. hard to, and it's weird. Like when I'm working on a truck, if I'm just, just loosening like a, the battery terminal, just something really easy to get to next thing, you know, you're just drenched in sweat. It's hard to explain. Yep. Just dripping. That's I'm the exact same way. I walk out my back door. I, by the time I walk back to the wood yard, all the, I, my forehead's sweating. I'm already feeling like I'm, you know, overheated and it's like geez i did hardly even do anything i'm just my t-shirt's starting to get soaked and oh god i just can't stand it (laughs) and that's a trick i've learned from my baseball days i wear two shirts 
So I have my uniform when I'm on deliveries, but I always wear a t-shirt underneath it because by the time you're done, that t-shirt's soaked, but your top shirt is dry. So when I get away from the customer's area, I'll swap out my shirts and now I'm dry again and I don't have to have 30 uniform shirts. You know, I can just get by with one. So I have like, I have like a lifetime supply of white t-shirts that, uh, that we just buy and keep washing those and bleaching them to keep uh, keeping them clean. But doesn't that add <laughs> I, though to the heat, your body temperature? Yeah, sometimes it does, but I don't know. It's just by the time you're unloading a half a quart out of the truck, I don't, I don't really feel like, you know, I'm pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not supposed to be in the sun anyway. So I work in long sleeves when I'm, uh, you know, over at the wood yard. Um, I try to always wear a uniform when I'm on during my videos just for fun. And, uh, so when I'm working by myself, you know, I'll have, I got a t-shirt on a long sleeve t-shirt, keep the sun off of me. And I have this big gigantic hat. Like, um, if you turn around, you can knock, you know, you can like knock someone's windshield out of their car. The brim, <laughs> the, the brim is so big on it. And I wear that and I just do my best to stay out of the sun. You know, when I said, like, when you learn that wood smoke isn't healthy for you, it was a surprise. And then, you know, then we learned, like, back in the 70s and 80s, you know, when they started realizing that the sun's not healthy for you either. Yeah. <laughs> those those hats are nice, though. I, I also have a, a big straw hat, and they they make a difference as well. It's, it's uh, yeah. except when you go to bend down and, like, reach into a space or, like, get underneath a fence or something, and that brim hits. And- uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it gets in the way <laughs> yeah but it's just weird it's just the way this year's been we are just starting july and we're talking about the heat already yeah and and we're north of the mason dixon line you know <laughs> <laughs> we're north of interstate 40 and we're still uh talking about the heat here Gee whiz. The, the heat is on it's it's been uh it's been a hot one so I don't know, Dan, are we going to go on vacation this summer and maybe we should go to Northern Canada instead of to the beach. It's just, <laughs> yeah, and around here you always go to the beach and yeah, I don't know. Now it seems like, I don't know, let's go the opposite direction. Do you have any plans for vacation? I do not just, um, coming up middle of August, going to, uh, the Northern Woodsman show in Boonville, New York. Ooh, I like it. That looks to be a fun time. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping it's cooled off a little bit by then. Probably not, <laughs> <laughs> because it will be the middle of August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be late September, early October before we quit complaining about the heat. Probably. Yeah, I don't. I don't have too uh, many. You know, my my. I have my backyard. I just get away in, and I take a cool off in the pool and sit in the shade, and that's. I don't have like any real vacations coming up. Yeah. We are not going on a drive or fly away vacation this year. We're doing a bunch of small ones. So we went to Buffalo to the Niagara Falls and we hit a couple museums while we were there. And now this week, uh, Emily is home from, she's in uh, college through the summer, but she has a week break. So we are driving to Dearborn, Michigan. We're going to go to the Henry Ford Museum. Oh. And then we're planning on later in the summer going to the Wright-Patterson 
Air, the National Air Museum in Dayton. Nice. Yeah. Nice little getaways. Have you, that Henry Ford Museum is something. Have you ever been there before? I have not. I think it is a must do on your life's list of things to do. I have been there uh, on two occasions, and it is it is just unbelievably large. I don't think it's possible to see everything, but it has everything. Cars, <laughs> trains, washing machines, hotel rooms. It has oh. one of Link it has Lincoln's chair uh, that he was in at Ford's Theater. It has yeah, it has Thomas Edison's last breath. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when Thomas Edison was on his deathbed, they had six mason jars next to his bed. And when he finally died, they closed off all of the jars. And Henry Ford got four of them, and there's like four of them up, up in the museum. Wow. <laughs> that, I did not even know it was a thing. I, didn't know, I had no idea about that. Yeah, and it has the limousine that uh, Kennedy was in um, for the assassination. It was up there. So here is a fun fact. All right. So when I was in college, my uh, roommate was an exchange student from Germany. And he wanted to go. So I took him up there. And so here we are. Now, this was in the, in the late 90s. So the security wasn't as tight as it was then. So here's the Kennedy limousine. And, it, you know, those red velvet ropes that they'll rope off like yep. an exhibit, you know? Yep. So it was surrounded by those things. It had all, all these signs, do not touch. And my friend from Germany, his name's Julian. He says, I have to touch it. He said, he goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm from Germany. I will never be here again for the rest of my life. And I'm standing right here. I need to touch it. So he looks around and looks to see where all the security is. And he reaches over the velvet rope and he touches Kennedy's limousine. And he goes, he had this big grin. He goes, there, I did it. I did it. He says, you know, he's like the happiest guy in the world. So then I says, well, what the heck? I got to do it too, you know, because like the alarms never went off and no one came to club them or anything. So <laughs> I stand around looking around like a dummy looking over my shoulder for security. I reach over and I touch the Kennedy limousine. Wow. Yeah. Very I interesting. Uh-huh. There are two famous things that I have... Uh, was able to lay my hands on the Kennedy limousine. And the other one is the Enola Gay, the, the famous uh, B-17 bomber. Yes. Yeah, I touched it too. It was on permanent display on Mud Island in Memphis, Tennessee. And I went and toured it. It was a big museum there. It's funny, like no one went to it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like the only one there. And there was just no one around. And I literally went over the railing, walked out to it, and touched it. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so, but it's not there anymore. They've moved it. I think it's hmm. in, I think it's in Chicago now. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I am, I don't know if I have what's on my list of famous things I've touched. Uh-huh. <laughs> have you, like, weird met any say. famous people or shook hands with any movie stars or anything? <laughs> Oh yeah, but it you know it's just escaping my mind right now. I I don't know, but that Hulk Hogan. That, that sounds uh no not the Hulkster, the Rock. The I've met the Rock. You've met the Rock. Stone Cold. Yeah, 
just oh, wow. you know briefly honky tonk man one of your favorites oh god that guy's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> he is hilarious the honky tonk man uh-huh yes indeed <laughs> <laughs> and they were probably as uh excited to meet you as well well they didn't know you know at the time they i was i wasn't uh i wasn't any anyone really at the time uh-huh. now given you know if, if the tables were turned today i mean now it'd be a different story but. oh yeah uh-huh. so do you think at the uh ford museum they'll have a display and an exhibit on the spark plugs that are broken off yeah boy the big failures of ford they'll probably have the edsel <laughs> and they'll have like the broken spark plug and like a a bottle of painkillers that the mechanics uh were prescribed <laughs> when, when working on them oh wow yeah but you know they fixed it at least though supposedly yeah so, that, that yeah. is good that's one of the annoying things when so this is i have a belief i don't know if, if this is true but i think it is all these vehicles they're all mass produced and they all have the exact same problems and it just seems like when a car has a problem, I think the mechanic knows darn well what's wrong with it and they should just fix it, you know, but they got to charge all of these extra diagnostic fees and stuff when they know darn well what the problem is. <laughs> well, and nowadays it's more or less, they just hook up a cable and a computer, you know, does whatever it does and it will just read out whatever the yeah that's the stereotype now you hear a lot of people say that that the modern mechanics are lousy at diagnosing because they just plug the car into the computer and the computer tells you what's wrong with it yep so all they do now is replace parts i don't know <laughs> i don't know i see some of these cars i wouldn't even know where to begin but i think a lot of this stuff is in fact i think it's even easier to work on like putting brakes I had an old 77 F-150. The brakes on these newer trucks are way easier to, to replace. Um, hmm. It just seems like the bolts and everything are in better shape. You don't round off stuff. You don't have stuff that gets frozen like the, in the old days. Um, yeah, no experience you know, here with that. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's sure, probably why yes, you're such a happy definitely guy. Definitely easier huh? nowadays. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. I... Um, I have been a lifetime motorhead, but I started getting away from it. It just wasn't fun anymore to do. And that's where I had done a episode about, I just found it painful to change my own oil anymore. And I was just paying people to change my oil. It was worth it to pay them 50 bucks to change my oil when it would cost me like $30, you know? Yeah. But I had bad luck at this one place and I kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. And one day I drove past one of these quick change and it was, there was no one there. And I thought, what the heck, I'm just going to pull in here, get a 10 minute oil change and drive away. So I pull in and the guy, you know, scans my VIN number and he starts typing into his computer and he says, we can give you the, the premium oil change. It is $109. <laughs> <laughs> He said, and I says, whoa, I says, bud, I says, I'm serious. Uh, I think I'm at the wrong place. He goes, oh, well, 
we can go to, that's with the premium oil. For the standard oil, you can save some money. It comes down to, it was like $87. And I says, buddy, I says, we're not even on the same, we're not on the, we're not even in the same universe. I said, I just feel, I don't want you to be mad at me, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave. He goes, oh, that's okay. I understand. So I drove off. I was like, good gosh, they're charging people that much money yeah. to change their oil. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I went to Walmart. I got me a $5 filter, a $20 jug of oil. And I had my, it was probably one of the easiest oil changes I ever did. Well, there you go. Yeah. Gosh. Unbelievable. $106 for an yeah. oil change. Well, when I, <laughs> when I start needing my next oil change and my brakes done, I'm driving to Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I had thought about, you know, Ohio wood burner and oil change. I was going <laughs> to start a new business. If I can make that much money to change oil. Jeez. As long as you don't have to work in the heat. Yeah. O only only open from October through March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, when I was a mechanic through college, our place was not air conditioned. And I remember just horrible working conditions, you know, in the big sweat box with hot cars. And there were some mechanics that would get sick because of the heat. But that was when I was young and I was impervious to heat. And I'm not like that anymore. No, none of us. I'm not, definitely. Mm -mm. Well, all right, Dan. This complaining about the heat here is making me hot. Yes. Well, I hope you uh, enjoy your, your little mini vacation. And you cool off and unwind and, are no, and it takes away your stress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to go drive our Chevy to the Henry Ford Museum. <laughs> well, hopefully you have a good time. And hopefully things cool off for a little bit. Just get a little break in this heat. Yeah. Yeah, we need a break in the heat and this humidity. Gosh, it's just miserable out. All right, well. I got nothing left to complain about, so let's wrap this <laughs> well, one up. Well, give me time, and I'll come up with something. <laughs> Just give me time. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and spending time with us here at Woodhound Studio in the cold, air-conditioned environment that we find ourselves. Yes. Now, back to beating the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you go stand underneath that roof of yours, and I'm just going to stretch out here on this couch and crank up the fan. Sounds good. We'll see you all back here next week, and thanks again for making the Woodhounds the number one firewood podcast in the world. That's right, and I want to tell everyone out there to be safe, stay cool, and have a great day.